Welcome back to another episode of N-Express Nintendo Podcast, the official Nintendo podcast of Goombastomp.com. I'm your host, Cameron Daxon. Joining us, we also have games editor, Mark Kalaroff. It's an interesting episode. <laughs> I Say We're going to get into it. Say no more. Say no more. Uh, also with us, we have indie games editor, Campbell Gill. Let's hope it's not a glitchy episode. <laughs> Incredible. No. Um, for, for, for what it's worth, uh, I am running at 15 frames a second over here. Um <laughs> Also, joining, it's a Pokemon episode, guys, so you know we gotta have on Bradley, a.k.a. Yo Schiller. Bradley, say hi. Thank you for having me on. Hello, humans. I'm Yo Schiller. I am flattered to be here. I I get a, an extreme amount of validation when people associate me as a Pokemon guy for positive reasons. So, <laughs> I, I'm no, very happy to be here. Thank you. When I, dude, are you kidding? We couldn't couldn't do it without you. Uh, we, uh, <laughs> like, honestly, two, two weeks ago, Mark was like, Cameron. You gotta get Bradley on. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll reach out. Uh, so I'm I'm glad that uh, that you were available and able to to join us and uh, just in, in, just enjoy uh, the majesty of Pokemon with us today. Um, okay, so obviously there is a lot to talk about with Pokemon Scarlet <laughs> and Violet. Well, no, listen, I, we're we're all snickering. We've seen the memes. We've seen the jokes. We've all experienced the glitches. I'm sure, uh, mm. but I don't feel like we can start there. I want to frame this conversation. Uh, in a couple of different ways here. Um, so Do I, you want know what I find funny, though, Cameron? Please, please. Bradley, we've argued about Arceus. We argued about Let's Go. We argued yeah. about Sword and Shield. And we argued about Diamond and Pearl. Yeah. I finally found a Pokemon game on Switch that I really like, and it's absolutely broken. <laughs> <laughs> you know, how I'm did not, it come to this? I'm just, not going to deny how. that it's broken, but I'm at, like, I'll just... The cards on the table, I've been absolutely loving it as well. Oh, I'm me not too. Gonna, yeah. I'm not going to sit here and act like it's a flawless game, not by a long shot. But okay, <laughs> yeah, we can, we can talk about it however you want. No, I, I honestly, that, that's a, I think that's a good place to start. Um, Campbell, just like, what's, what are your high level high level thoughts here? So my high level thoughts are where I'm going to go and point back to an article I wrote about six months ago, saying that we don't need Pokemon Scarlet and Violet this year. I wrote that in like February, and I stand by that. But at the same Ooh. time, I'm still delighted that it released in its glitchy, technically horrific, almost sometimes just nauseating awfulness, technically speaking, because it's also just an absolutely freaking fun game at the same time. There's so, so much wrong fun. with it, but I'm also having a blast. So I stand yeah. by the fact that I think it was rushed out the door, kind of kicking and screaming, kind of a, an early, a premature birth, perhaps. Um <laughs> It's very visceral. <laughs> yeah, that's literally how it feels. Oh you play this game and it's a visceral experience. It we does. can we're gonna yeah. get into the glitches and the technical weirdness, but at the same time, the core of the game is ridiculously fun. It's probably the most fun I think I've ever had playing a Pokemon game. Wow. How long did it take you guys to find a glitch? Uh like maybe a minute or two. Oh, that's that's fantastic. It took me 15 seconds. I'm not even joking. I got to the character select screen and it started going black and white. Oh yeah. Same. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> so, 
so uh, we, okay, we definitely got to reserve like we got to ha- carve out a block of time where we can just kind of uh, rant and rave about about whatever technical aspects we want to talk about. But I I, uh, I don't want that. I don't I don't think that's going to be the legacy of this game. So I don't want to focus on it too too mm-hmm. much. Um, I, I want to again zooming out a little bit here. And I know we've talked about Pokemon on the show before. We've had Bradley on to talk about Pokemon before. Um, but I want to just because it's the first like mainline Pokemon game that's not a reboot, that's not a spinoff in a in a in a good while, um, like you know Sword and Shield that was a few years back at this point. The Diamond and Pearl remakes that's one thing or another. So I want to ask you guys, how do you approach? And this this is this is for all three. This is for this is for the panels for all three of you. Um, how do you all approach mainline? Pokemon games? Are you in it for competitive reasons? Are you in it to fill out the Pokedex? Are you in it for the vibes? Like, what's what's your guys's... Because that's kind of the core of this game, right? Is like, how do you want to play Pokemon, right? Like, the, the professor... Cla- what's his name? Clavel? Clavel? Um, I pronounced he's, it Clavel. He's like... Clavel. It's, <laughs> it's not Clavel. I thought it was Clavel. <laughs> um, but his whole thing is like, you can do whatever you want. So I want to ask you guys, how do you approach a mainline Pokemon title? Well, can, Bradley, can I answer you, you, first? Yeah, yeah, I think uh, so. Please, guys, I have to tell you, I'm really sorry. I'm I'm the problem with the Pokemon games <laughs> because I keep buying these games regardless of what they put out because sure. I just like that core feedback loop. I the, the the core fundamental of Pokemon that simplistic, classic JRPG style where you choose your own party and customize them however you want. I just like that. And so when you ask me, what do I buy Pokemon for? As mm. long as I can catch Pokemon, I'm good to go. I do yeah. play in competitive. I did thoroughly enjoy completing the Pokedex in other Pokemon games. And in this case, for, Scar- for Scarlet and Violet, genuinely, it's the first time I've enjoyed like exploring the world since probably Gen 5. So wow. yeah. I mm. just like that core gameplay experience. Even if it's a game with not so great visuals like Brilliant Diamond, Shining Pearl, that core gameplay is still there. And that's yeah. that's what I like. Now, of these things, um, right now I'm like recording a series for my channel. I'm, I'm basically doing a blind Let's Play because I feel like it's the perfect game for that. Mm. And so that's the primary reason I bought it. But also the team that I, I wind up creating for my single player adventure, my single player playthrough, I'm going to use for competitive battling because I like making Pokemon work. Like there's always going to be these tier lists and ways that certain Pokemon reign supreme, but I'm the type of guy that likes finding one or two more niche Pokemon. And I'm like, okay, how can I make these work? And I was able to do that with sword and shield. And I got to master ball rank using like a Zoroark and a Shedinja. And it was awesome. And now I'm going into this game and I'm putting a team together and I'm catching one or two Pokemon. Like I, I got, are we allowed to talk about like certain Pokemon spoilers? Is that I, okay? I think. Uh, I, I think well, they can't fine. visually see them, so yeah. Okay. No, I, I got I, this I think, one uh, Pokemon yeah. with a giant hammer, and <laughs> it has a signature move that has base 160 power, and like my jaw just fell to the floor, and I'm like, this is about to be the most busted Pokemon in multiplayer history. Maybe it will, maybe it won't, but like that excites me. So. Yeah. I play Pokemon, obviously, for that core experience, but in recent years, I really do enjoy the competitive multiplayer nature of it. And I think, um, I mean, again, Game Freak being dragged, kicking and screaming to acknowledge, uh, like, 
hey, people, people, you know, adults play these games and love the core mechanics and really want to dig into them. And like, Bradley, I've always appreciated that you make it make a point to like, like the, the like we had that Bayleaf conversation a couple, <laughs> what, like a year ago at this point. And like, I, my over reliable, yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. But I, like, I love that about you is that you like really make an effort to to find the the Pokemon that you know, like it's not just. It's not just Charizard and and you know like the 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 go tos. You're like no, I'm gonna try to find like the Pokemon that maybe people don't people overlook or whatever. And I think this game, I don't know, this game I think celebrates that in in, in some way. We'll get into it at some point. Uh, but but Campbell Campbell and Mark, what about you guys? What's like when you see a mainline Pokemon game? I think I think listen. Bradley, you said you're part of the problem. We're all part of the problem. We all bought this <laughs> we game. All, yeah. Yeah. We, we all bought it. We all bought it. So, so exactly. what about what about Campbell and Mark? Where do, where do you guys uh, fall on that spectrum in terms of like brand new Pokemon game? Like, what 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 are you in it for? I sh- Campbell, you should answer first because my answer is a bit complicated. <laughs> Excellent. Mm. I feel like mm. mine's a little complicated too. In that, I'm probably the least enthusiastic Pokemon fan on the show, or the least committed, and I still buy these games every year, and I don't even know why at this point. <laughs> I think I go. To to them hoping for something I every time I play a Pokemon game I'm a little let down by one aspect or another I think to go from the categories you were mentioning earlier Cameron I'm looking for the vibes right I love yeah. the idea of Pokemon running around catching these adorable little creatures building up my team going on an adventure fighting a whole bunch of trainers and gym leaders and some evil team all that kind of stuff I love the idea of it but a lot of Pokemon games up to this point have been, you know, super linear to the point where you don't really get to even enjoy the vibes of it because it's not like you can sit and enjoy the vibes. You're just being shuffled along from one point to the other to the other, all that kind of stuff. It's been slowly moving away from that. And I think as I've seen that development happen, you know, starting with the Wild Area and Sword and Shield going into Legends Arceus, and now we finally have the full manifestation of that with Scarlet and Violet. So really, it's everything that i've wanted to get out of a pokemon game now it just lets you out into the open to enjoy those majestic wonderful vibes you can go out into the field and see just like a flock of skiddos running around i can sick mm. my crocolore on those skiddos and just <laughs> saw, see them all die and grind and get that beautiful exp uh. that's what i imagine the world of pokemon to be you see all these little pokemon running around you play with them you capture them you destroy them whatever you want to do you know it just gives you that option that freedom to explore Mm -hmm. the world the environment so that's why i've been wanting out of a pokemon game that's why i've come to it in the past wanting been let down but i think scarlet and violet finally lives up to that and realizes that for me at least i i want to return to something you said but i'm gonna let mark uh uh, give his answer first So, uh, unlike Campbell, I will say Mass Whooper Genocide is not on the top of the list. Oh, man. <laughs> but, uh... It's the best way to grind, though. <laughs> it is. It is a great way to grind, actually, in this game. And I actually like grinding in this game, but we'll get to that later. But, um, if you ask... It's weird. If you asked me during the 3DS era, I would have said the competitive play. Except now I'm leaning more towards just the vibe and the whole collectathon of it all. Hmm. But I think that's because Scarlet and Violet, the directionless um, take on the whole thing in this open world, it's very different from the other entries. And I think that's what's more so pushed me towards that direction. So, and also, I just haven't been into competitive play in a really long time. I mean, I've been building teams since like, I literally would use, you know, Game Boy. Uh, Game Boy Advance era Pokemon for like my teams on uh, 
you know, in the 3DS one. Like, literally, Pokemon that I transferred from those original games I was using for competitive play. Hey, but, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's commitment right there. <laughs> They're all still good. My Swamper, I've been using that one forever, Swamper and Ampharos. But um, this one is weird, because I'm, like, on this divide of I want to collect them all, and I might just do it if I'm crazy enough. But also, I think the vibes of the entire world and the idea of it and the idea that this one can present an actual challenge, unlike the last few games where I felt like they were very easy, I, I think that's what I'm really here for in Scarlet and Violet, and I think that's mm. where the game thrives the most. But I don't... The directionless format of this one where you can go to any gym or any Team Star area at any time, it's like it's almost perfect. The problem is I think this game would literally be perfect in that regard if it had like a scaling to it because mm -hmm. already in the first few hours of the game i've probably put almost like 20 hours plus into this game already i'm a very good race into it oh, respectable but in the first few hours i noticed something which was i got my pokemon or i traveled to an area rather and there were like a bunch of level 30s that i had to fight for a gym and I was, like, mid-20s, probably. But I got through it. I knew, like, the type chart and everything, so I was pretty much fine. Took a bit of revives and stuff like that. And I was like, that was a lot of fun, the challenge to it. And then I went over to the next town, and I found level 10s at the gym. And I was like, oh, no. I just realized, like, there's no scaling to this entire thing. And that became, that has become a major problem for me because the last few hours of the game, I've just been going around the entire world and clearing up the last few gyms and team stars and the Titan boss I have one left. And it's all just like, it's getting so easy, but at the same time, I'll always walk into those areas and I'll find this major challenge and it's so much fun, but I'm just worried that I kind of ruined the experience partially for myself because of the route I chose. And I like the freedom. The freedom is fantastic. I think it's the highlight of the game that you can take it in any direction. But I think it's also problematic because there's no clear way of figuring out where the uh, the levels go from each location. And when at the beginning of the game, when you have to first find a Titan Pokemon and then you first go to a gym, when they sent you in that split direction, it kind of screwed me over because I followed one direction from there when in reality, the other side of the map is where I should have followed. So I just like find that dynamic interesting. So it's something they should balance in a future game, but I think they should literally stick to everything that they're doing in this game. These are okay. This is a good, this is a good place to go, but I want to, I want to kind of get there together. So I want to, uh, I want to back up a little bit, Mark, because I, we do have to talk about like the unusual structure of this Pokemon game. Yes. Um, because it's great. It's uh, it, I think it's going to be the large focus of the conversation, but I want to back up a little bit, uh, because there's some crucial information that we are all missing here. Um, which version did you guys pick and which Scarlet. starter? Uh, Scarlet, <laughs> Scarlet, Violet, Scarlet, Scarlet from, okay. Yeah. So, okay. I picked Scarlet as well. So me, Bradley and Mark, I'll chose Scarlet and Campbell is the lone Violet. Um, Campbell, I gotta one... ask. I gotta yeah. ask why. Because I like a motorcycle instead of this weird lizard thingamajig <laughs> that just gallops around despite having a wheel bulging out of its chest. Like, I like the technical efficiency here. Uh, honestly, fair. Um, 
Very funny. Um, yes, yeah, I went, I went with Scarlet as well. Um, the, the, the follow-up question has to be, which starters did we all choose? And also, did you guys look at Evolutions first or after the fact? I've not even looked at Evolutions. Like, each one's wow. taking me by surprise. And for my starter, you know, it's Apple Dinosaur Supremacy over here. Wicoco all the way. Wow. Okay, so Campbell's a Wicoco guy. What about you, Mark? Quaxley. I had to. I love the okay. water types in like almost every okay. game. I rarely, okay. you know, do not choose a water type. <laughs> I'm, I'm traditionally a water starter, but I did go with Sprigatito this time around. Mm -hmm. oh, God, uh, 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 there you go. And uh, uh, what about you, um, uh, Bradley? Who did you go with? Oh, I'm full on Fue Coco Supremacy. And, High five. You know, I, I loved this little guy the moment I saw him and I couldn't really tell why. And then like a day or two after they unveiled the starters, someone drew fan art of Fue Coco looking like a baby Yoshi. And I'm like, that's why I like oh him Oh my so God. <laughs> I didn't it. even realize that. He does. He does. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, Fue Coco, Fue Coco Supremacy. I usually pick the fire starter. Uh, I've actually never chosen the water starter. But yeah, Ever? no, the only time I would have even considered picking the water starter was back in Gen 3. That's like the one time I don't like the grass starter. But even then, I still went Torchic. You don't like wow. Trico? I don't like Pain. Trico. In, in, more recent, <laughs> in more recent years, I've grown to like him more because the anime and games like Pokken have mm -hmm. given him some more attention. But I usually go with the fire starter. And the exceptions were Chikorita, Snivy, and Rallet. So. There you go. I love it. Yeah, I'm, I'm usually the water guy, but uh, but again, I, I, I Campbell, you mentioned earlier that you felt like you were the the Pokemon like skeptic on this podcast, and I, I hate to burst your bubble, but it's me. It's been me this whole time. Oh wow! I'm about a, like <laughs> I, I haven't been deep into Pokemon for a long ass time, to be quite honest. Um, like I completely skipped. Uh, I don't know, several generations, to be quite honest. I got I got pretty far into Emerald. Like, Emerald I was very into. Um, I played Black and White, but I never finished it, to be honest. Black and White 2 completely skipped, completely spick, uh, skipped. Um, what is it? Sun and Moon. Um, X and Y? X and Y. X, X and Y, I, I play... Uh, no, I might have skipped X and Y as well, to be honest. Uh, so, <laughs> like, I, I don't know. I haven't I haven't been, like, a, a, into Pokemon in, in that way in... Um, in quite a while, but this one, I like. I had to. How could you not? I, I enjoyed what I played of Arceus, and I figured, like, well, I got to see. The, I got to see what they're doing with the follow up. So I, I did spring for this one as well. Um, I did not look at evolutions first. I went with Sprigatito because it is a cat, and I am obsessed with my cats. So I, I, I couldn't. I couldn't not. Even though I don't usually go with the grass starters, I. Uh, I come on. It's it's the weed cat. It's great. Uh, <laughs> the weed cat. <laughs> it's the weed cat. We all know this. Um, yes, 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 yes. Come on, it's got the red eyes. It's 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 very on the nose. Um, we love we love Sprigatito here. I didn't. And Nick, uh, uh, this is a logical follow up question, at least in my mind. Uh, do you guys use nicknames or no? I if I'm playing for a series on my YouTube channel, I always use nicknames. Awesome. When I'm playing for leisure, you know, like get, getting pickup footage and trying to help other people, it's it's fifty fifty. Um, and then, like, if I, in the truest sense, my friend's like, hey, you know, you, you got a copy of Scarlet, I have Violet, can you get this Pokemon for me real quickly, then obviously I don't use nicknames. But if I'm just recording stuff, I always feel like I have the need to use nicknames. Mm -hmm. I think it makes it more fun, personally, but that's just me. I did nickname my Sprigatito Spriggy, so <laughs> do with that what you will. 
Uh, what about you, Mark and Campbell? Are you guys nicknames people or no? I like to nickname them afterwards because I like mm-hmm. to first learn the Pokemon names and then just like, you know, because I feel like if I called Quaxley Donald, then uh, <laughs> all the evolutions would be Donald. I wouldn't be able to name a single Pokemon. But uh, yeah, it's one of those situations where I like to name them afterwards once I have like the full established team. Honestly, Mark, that's a great point because um, I, okay, so far I'm loving all the new Pokemon. I couldn't tell you a single one of their names. <laughs> uh, like, because that's the first thing I do is I catch one. I'm catching everything I see. I can't help it. I'm, everything I see, I'm like, I want that. I want that. Uh, but the first thing I do is I freaking nickname it. Um, and then as a result, I'm like, wait, what is what is this actual Pokemon's name? <laughs> and it's uh, it's kind of messing with me a little bit. Um, I have the same problem. It's, it's the bad. It's, same thing is happening. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's I should know better at this point, but I don't. Uh, what about you, Campbell? Are you a nickname guy or no? I am not a nickname guy, just because I want to appreciate the terrible pun names that you have for each new Pokemon. Like, I, how would I appreciate Small of if I na- nicknamed it to? I don't know, Olive Garden or something like that, or, right? Or Martini. Martini, perhaps. right? Uh, Just an I example, did, I don't know. Yeah, exactly. I did almost nickname uh, Fue Coco to Appy or Appy Slice, uh, but... I held back on that because I just want to get the pure experience, the Pokemon's named as God intended. So that's where I'm at with it. I, th- I think that's fair. I think that's more than fair. Um, all right, so now we've covered some of the basics here. Uh, just because I, I, I feel like this context is necessary, uh, personally. I don't know. It's just me. Um, but I want... Okay, so we have to go back to something that Mark was talking about earlier. The structure of Pokemon Scarlet and Violet. Um, <clears throat> excuse me, sorry. I have a frog in my throat there. The structure of this game. Very unusual. Traditional Pokemon mainline titles... Uh, you are you meet Professor Oak or his equivalent, and they're like, "Go off on an adventure. Go hit the gate. Go get the eight gym badges, and then fight the Elite Four and fill up the Pokedex. Have a blast." This game is like, it's not exactly structured that exact same way. It's it's a little bit different. That you you arrive at your little boarding school, and then they're like, "Go take a semester abroad and do whatever you want," and that includes becoming the champion. Uh, you can also follow the directives of a hacker who hacks your phone and uh, attempt to take down Team Star, which is a bunch of hooligans who are just, they're not as good as Team Rocket, I'm sorry to say. Um, and then, of course, you can uh, find the, what do they call them? The uh, the Titan Pokemon. Titan Pokemon, Titan Pokemon. yes. Yeah. Uh, so I, I got to ask, who, did you guys try to kind of approach this holistically? Did you did you focus on one thing at a time? Like, what, what's, your, what's your, been your approach so far? Whatever's closest. Yeah, we're <laughs> here. Literally wherever the road takes me. That's yeah, how I enough. literally try and not even look at the map if I can. Wow. Yeah. Okay. I, I set out specifically with the intention of challenging my first gym, and I ended up taking down a Titan Pokemon instead. So <laughs> oh, that's how it ended up. That's funny. What so you, you didn't know the difference between left and right, Campbell? No, there's literally, <laughs> they say, go this way to go to your first gym. And I'm like, great. And then I went the other way, Author, I guess. Right? But and I was like, oh, there's a gym this way. That must be where I'm supposed to go. And then I end up going straight into the first Titan Pokemon anyway. And I'm like, okay, well, whatever. This is fun. <laughs> and yeah, it was about, fun. Yeah, Bradley, go ahead. Because I'm recording a series for my channel, I'm trying to do things in a more organized format. Sure. Because I I recorded Breath of the Wild 100% on my channel. One of the biggest issues with it is it's, it's hard to keep track of when I did certain things. 
So I was like, okay, then maybe the best thing to do is to do things one at a time. I'm sure the designers intended for you to kind of alternate to do a gym battle, then a Titan, then Team Star, then a gym battle, then a Titan, then Team Star. Because uh, I did my first gym battle, and basically as soon as I was done, I was moving on to the next gym, and then it gave me like my first prompt to do something related to Team Star. And there were like roadblocks and everything, and I jumped around the roadblocks. I was like, nope, I'm going to my next gym battle. And I think it's more fun that way, Blake, honestly, to be able to do all the gyms and then go back and be like, all right, what was this about Team Star? Oh, yeah, let me power through them real quickly. Hmm. But I, I'm doing things one at a time. And right Bradley, now, I'm four, how I'm four far are you? In. I'm four, four badges. badges? Yeah, oh, you're going to be screwed head. once you get to the sixth and seventh. Well, I think I've done some of the gym badges out of order, too, because I started on the left side of the map. Yes, and, now, and it and transitions now, to the right, yes. Yeah, so now I'm kind of in the northern part, and there's like two gyms right next to each other, and I intentionally went for the one that was further back. So we'll we'll see how screwed over I get. I'm, I'm excited mm -hmm. if I get screwed over, but we'll just have to, I'll just have to play it out and see how different it becomes. So I'm pretty sure after like looking at all the gyms, I'm now this is my theory, this might be right, is that it follows the original red and blue Pokemon games where the order of the gyms is almost like identical. So to like the like, like the off, order, yeah, for like progression like wise for uh, like levels. Like a spiral shape? Like yeah. left, yeah. Oh, interesting. I think mm. that's what it is. That's my current theory. Because it. it starts out where bug and grass are traditionally, bug, grass, and water are traditionally the first three, and those are the lowest level gyms in the game. Okay, hold on. Tradition based on what? Because if we're going by the OGs, the OGs. I know Brock was first in the first one. Maybe yeah, Red and yeah. Blue I, guess, I guess one. water, water, water still fits. Got <laughs> probably gold, gold and silver was probably the better one to start with. But it Fair seems enough. to follow that tradition where you have the bug and grass and water first, and then the psychic and dragon and ice are usually the farthest ones right yeah i mean that, that's just I mean, that's just like design philosophy of it, when you're starting the game they don't want to give you a gym where oh i'm gonna start with the dragon type gym yeah. oh but dragon types <laughs> resist all three starter types and Not electric cool. so good luck with that okay then i'll go challenge the steel type gym ha <laughs> steel resists everything but basically fire so good luck with that one like they're no they're gonna give you a type usually bug or rock where right. they suck mm -hmm. at resisting things so you have a general understanding of like learning the matchup chart so mm -hmm. that's just design philosophy it, uh, honestly like uh it, it's interesting that you mentioned that bradley because um <laughs> here's where i am at in my pokemon journey guys um i forgot that fairy type existed uh, <laughs> nice. i forgot that they in i forgot that they invented a type uh, so I'm like, I, I don't, I legitimately could not tell you what fairy is weak to, what it's strong to. I know it's supposed to be good against psychic types, ghost no, types. No, it's neutral. <laughs> it's okay. It's good no, against It's dragon. super effective. It's super effective to fighting dark and dragon. And oh. it is weak to poison and steel. The, okay. I didn't know any of this. Uh, okay. Super effective against, okay. That's wow. That explains a lot. Uh, because I, I, I saw my, I saw my boy Igglybuff in the field caught it and i was like wait a second they, they changed the typing on this pokemon um same with ralts i got a ralts uh pretty mm -hmm. early on but uh they changed the typing on it so i'm i'm having to kind of grapple grapple with this and it's kind of throwing me for a loop a little bit which is fun to be honest like i, I again you guys are a little, maybe a little more plugged in than i am but it's like i think the appeal of this game for me is not only is it is it 
is it completely mixing up the traditional Pokemon structure? But for me, I'm like, I gotta learn new types? What the hell? And I know that's not gonna be the majority of players' experience, but for me, it's kind of sparking the imagination of, wow, I didn't, I didn't, I don't know how to deal with a fairy type. Like, okay, I gotta, I gotta learn the moveset. I gotta learn what they're weak to. And mm-hmm. that's very exciting. Obviously, again, I, I know I'm, I'm, <laughs> I know I'm the minority in this, uh, in this particular situation, but I think that's sort of the general appeal of this game is that it's shaking things up in a very large capacity, and I think that's very cool. Um, let's kind of talk more about some of the new things that they're adding here. Um, Terra battles. What do we think about this? The whole the whole new element that they've added. The Terra. What do they call it? Terra terrestrializing. What's it called? Terrestrializing. Yeah. What do we think about this? What do we think about this new gimmick? Why? <laughs> <laughs> I thought why. It's yeah. It's it's one of those things where it's like, why don't we just have mega evolutions? Yeah, Can we not just exactly. have kept that? It's one of those. You know, I, I think it's a fine gimmick. It's weird that they implemented it into every single Pokemon. So I guess that's good. But uh, I would have rather just had like megas or something, so that way you can build your team around those specialties. But yeah. instead, this is kind of like, oh, I'm in trouble. Let me activate it. Or let me activate it first because I have the best type. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's kind of like pulling a ripcord, um, which is kind of interesting. Um, again, it's it's something new for this for this, uh, for this this series. Um, Bradley, as someone who's like very, you know all the mechanics of every generation, um, unlike me, who is learning a lot of them for the first time here. Um, what do we think about this, uh, this new mechanic? Yeah, so pros and cons, right? Uh, the best way to look at the pros is that it gives a chance for every Pokemon in the game to be useful, which is something that I appreciated about Dynamaxing. Because when you have something like Mega Evolutions, you know, that only allows certain Pokemon to be your ace. And granted, a fair share of those Mega Evolutions were applied to Pokemon that were otherwise not super useful. Prime examples were Kangaskhan and Mawile, who were Pokemon mm-hmm. that were pretty subpar, and they went on to become the best Pokemon of the game, right? Uh, but But then... When you have Dynamaxing, that allows you to have any Pokemon be a trump card. There's an element of surprise. There's a way to completely change a Pokemon strategy based on the Dynamax moves you go with it. Because when you Dynamaxed a Pokemon, different moves gave you different benefits. So, like, using a Dynamaxed Poison-type move would buff your special attack. So, there was now an incentive to teach your Pokemon Poison attacks and stuff like that. So, I like Dynamaxing. And so, for similar reasons... I like terrestrializing because in the competitive scene, it's going to be used more defensively. Like I saw people discussing the strategy of using a Gyarados, who was a water flying type Pokemon, normally four times weak to electric, and changing it to a ground type. And that way you're now immune to electric and you get same type attack bonus on Earthquake, which is a move that it can learn. So there's strategies like that that I foresee or... Uh, I caught a water dragon type Pokemon, and I'm thinking, like, if I terrestrialize it into, let's say, a fire type, it'll no longer be weak to fairy, and I get a a same type attack bonus fire move, and stuff like that. So, Mm -hmm. for competitive, I think it's cool. For single player, I think it's incredibly underutilized, and I agree that Z-moves and Mega Evolution had a stronger appeal. Because when you do something like a gym battle and your opponent is like, all right, you know, I'm going to use this Z move or this Dynamax, this mega evolution to really kick your butt. That's kind of cool, right? Because it's like big reveal. This Pokemon has a mega evolution. Big reveal. This Pokemon has a Gigantamax form. What's the big reveal here? Oh, well, I know you're the water gym. 
So you're gonna you're gonna change it into a water type, right? Like, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Uh, so there there's that issue with it. But uh, I also acknowledge that <sighs> Game Freak needed a mechanic that would be easy to implement across all Pokemon. So, when, for example, mm. like Dynamaxing, you just increase the scale of all the Pokemon, right? So same thing here. You just kind of add this crystal effect to all of them, and then boom, you're ready to go. So right. I, 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 I see it from that perspective as an easy mechanic to implement that benefits all Pokemon. So I see more pros than cons, and therefore I like it. But I totally acknowledge it's never going to have the same appeal as Mega Evolutions and Z-Moves. It's, it's just not going to happen. But I like it. That'll be yeah. interesting to see how it plays out competitively. I didn't even think about that. And that's a great strategy with Gyarados. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that's honestly, like, that, that's, uh, that did blow my mind a little bit, like, thinking about that. I caught, um, I can't remember which, which one I caught, but I, I did catch a Pokemon that, that the Terra type was, was a dragon. And it's like, oh, man, that would be sick to, like, change it into a dragon type. So it's like, there's definitely some, it, it kind of sparks the fire a little bit of, like, ooh, like, but it, but it's... But I agree, and the single player doesn't because you you have to heal up at a at a Poke Center in between using it. It does kind of limit its utility. I think um, it kind of makes it an emergency thing to pull instead of like making fun, you know, making fun uh, uh, choices. It kind of turns into like a last resort sort of thing, mm -hmm. which is a little less fun, I think, than than trying to apply it in a competitive sense. Um, I love that. I, I can I, I can imagine. I'm kind of projecting ahead and imagining like a like a clutch, uh, terra, uh, uh, terra form, whatever it's called, terrestrializing uh, move at the last second to kind of uh, uh, make a make or break a, a battle. I think that that's a that's very cool, and I, I want to see how that plays out in in, in time to come. Um, I imagine the competitive scene is still sort of shaping up. This game just came out a week ago, so I, I can't imagine there's there's too much of that going on. Or, or am I incorrect yeah. in that, Bradley? I haven't looked too into it because I've been trying to avoid spoilers, but I've been seeing people kind of like scheme strategies, like going to the chalkboard and being like, all right, this Pokemon has this stats with this move. You pair it with this. Oh, it becomes one of the most broken things in the game. Like mm. I've been seeing some of that go around, but I haven't done competitive battles myself and I haven't watched other people do competitive battles just yet. And I, I think people are also still trying to just beat the game. Like we, yeah, I'm sure, <laughs> I'm sure the entire Pokedex is online right now. But I think people are still trying to beat the game, have access to all the resources, and then put their teams together. So probably in a week's time, we'll probably see all the battles come together, and we'll see what reigns supreme. Because usually early on, there's like one or two Pokemon that dominate the meta, and then a month or two into things, or like when we get Pokemon Home compatibility, things will balance themselves out a little more. Right. Bradley, do you know? if every Pokemon is in this game? Or did they cut a few? So, much like Sword and Shield, not every Pokemon is going to be in this game. They'll probably add more once they add Pokemon Home compatibility and DLC and whatnot. But, no, I think the future of Pokemon going forward is that we will likely never have a game again that has every existing Pokemon. Because this one's close. Or at least it feels like it. Because literally, like, every other minute, I feel like I'm encountering a new Pokemon. And I'm still, again, like, I'm probably almost 20 hours in. And I still feel like I'm seeing new Pokemon every few minutes. Yeah, and I've probably so caught like a, I don't even know how many I've caught at this point. I've filled like I think like seven boxes or eight boxes in the PC already. So keep in mind, I don't know how many new Pokemon there are. I, I assume it's like a hundred or something, which means uh, there would be eight hundred or so Pokemon from previous generations 
to include here. And I'm going to tell you, like, there, there are certain Pokemon that I don't expect to see, primarily the starters of other generations or those first few Pokemon that you see on early routes like Rattata and Pidgey. Like, they're probably not going to be here. But then from there, if it's anything like Sword and Shield, it's, it's kind of handsy-choosy. Like, they'll pick some popular ones, they'll pick some unpopular ones. They'll pick some that match the environments, they, they'll pick some that haven't had popularity in a long time, you know? Like, they'll, mm. they'll pick some that are good for the competitive metagame, they'll pick some that are just have nothing to do with anything. The developer was just having a good day that day. There's always <laughs> going to be this random selection of Pokemon, and... I don't think we're ever going to hit a point where ever, all 1,000 or so Pokemon are going to be in one game. It's just not going to happen. And I, I think that's just the future of the Pokemon series. You're going to get your selection of 400 or 500 per game, which is a lot. But we're not going to have all of them in one game ever again. <laughs> mm -hmm. I think it's wow. honestly, I think it's like kind of good, but it does have a, like a lot of negatives to be in that situation. But I do think that Pokemon Home should be like a Pokemon Stadium type game. I That's feel like they should move saying. they should just yeah, move totally the competitive did. scene there. That's what they should do. And put it on there as like a battle thing where you could transfer in your Pokemon and just, you know, cuz that way you can use all of them cuz right now we probably have so many Pokemon that are just sitting in Pokemon Home and you can't use them. Yeah, I I edited a video for or uh actually I don't think I edited this video, but I edit for Arlo. Mm -hmm. And in one of his videos he was talking about stuff he wants to see or things he thinks is going to happen. And one thing he was predicting was a battle simulator that ties in with Pokemon Home. And I thought that was such a good idea. Like, you, as part of your Nintendo Switch Online service, you get this battle simulator. That's it. Like, it's not a full game. It's, it's just the battles. There's no world to explore or anything. And it uses your Pokemon directly from Pokemon Home. I don't really know why they haven't done that, but I guess they are only charging five dollars a year for a pokemon home service but people joke saying it's pokemon prison because there's some pokemon <laughs> that uh n now that pokemon bank on the 3ds is shutting down there are pokemon that you'll have to transfer from your 3ds games to pokemon home and they can't be used in sword and shield or brilliant diamond shining pearl in some Still can't be used with Scarlet Violet. So they're just going to sit here until they can be used in a game. Whether that's Gen 10 or Gen 11 or Gen 12, there are some Pokemon that are just going to sit in there for like another 10, 15 years. And it's kind of a bummer. But it's not like they don't exist. Like there will be spinoff games where they'll be acknowledged. There will be merchandise where they'll be acknowledged. But as far mm -hmm. as the core Pokemon game at that time... Yeah, we're in a day and age where you can no longer expect that Pokemon to be usable because they have changed the way that compatibility works in these games. I always wonder why they did that. Like, I know it's it's a lot of effort, but like for the 3DS, when they made the Pokedex 3D viewer, the point of that game was that they wanted to future-proof the entire franchise because they knew they were getting to that point. And then meanwhile... When we got to, you know, obviously the jump to the Nintendo Switch technology between the 3DS is leaps and bounds, but uh, yeah, it's they're, still, they're never... it's such a shame because it's like so many favorites are being lost behind. But I feel like out of all the games on Switch so far, this one, I don't know if it has the most or not, but it feels like it has the most. And I feel like I'm still encountering new Pokemon every few minutes. And that's it like... Might. It's good to have that problem because, you know, for a collectathon game, you want to keep encountering more. And that's why I think the collectathon aspect in the world, you know, exploring the entire world is probably the best part about Scarlet and Violet. Because 
it should be this way. You should be feeling like you're encountering new creatures everywhere you go. And I'm happy it feels like that because I felt like for Arceus, like it just didn't feel like that. I feel like once you explored an environment for about like 20, 30 minutes, I feel like things started to get stale. Fair enough. Mm. Well, Legends Arceus only has like 200 or 300 Pokemon in it. Mm -hmm. This one probably has like 500. And Arceus Uh, had like seven areas, right? Was it seven or five? It had had five. Five. Well, the five plus like the the hub town. Mm -hmm. But what I, I, one topic I wanted to touch on was, so when Sword and Shield were in development and they announced that not every Pokemon was going to be available in the game and they had that whole bring back national decks movement, um, Game Freak is never going to come out and say that they were that that something got messed up. They're never going to outright say that because it's not a good look for their company, right? Mm-hmm. Some some people in the industry will come out and say we had this feature planned for a game, but we didn't have time to do it because of time restraints. Like that'll happen, but it's currently believed that there were development issues with Sword and Shield, and Game Freak doesn't want to openly admit that. It's it's believed that they didn't have an easy time programming for the Switch like they thought they would have. And that's also added on by the fact that uh, they kind of have, like, newer developers now working on these games. Like, they've kind of handed the reins off from the older developers onto a younger development staff. I Mm. think they even said that for Scarlet. Yeah, they did, because the technology was just so different. Yeah, so I think that's part of the problems that's going to be the main part of the problems that we're going to discuss later in this podcast but i think that's also the reason why they had to settle on not including every single pokemon anymore because even though they were trying to future proof their stuff there might have been unforeseen problems with compatibility in the files or the the, the amount of polygons you can have on screen or something of course yeah so we we've uh we've touched on two things that i want to get to really fast mark i love that you mentioned just the, the feeling of like you're always bringing the new stuff. I wanted to ask you guys um, because for me, part of the part of the novelty of Scarlet and Violet is like I don't recognize any of these motherfuckers. Like I don't know any of these Pokemon. <laughs> like it's great. Uh, much much less, you know, guys from from uh, uh, Mons from you know the last couple of gens that I skipped. Mm-hmm. So it's like I feel like I'm like at every turn I'm running into something that I'm like, wow, who's that? What is that? Um, who are some of your favorite new Pokemon? Like, obviously, we're not, we're not going to talk about, like, legendaries or anything spoilery, but, like, you know, I think there's some fun new Pokemon here that we can discuss. Like, who, who are you enjoying so far? Who, who are you glad that you ran into? Fido. And I don't remember the name, but that dolphin Pokemon that I just called. The dolphin! The dolphin! <laughs> I'm so happy there's a dolphin, dude. I was playing the game. I was going to go get my second gym badge. I looked at the map, saw that there was a dolphin, and I dropped everything and, like, jumped in the ocean to go get it. I'm so happy there's a dolphin. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut off your answer, but you mentioned it. I was so excited. There's a, there's a dolphin. No, I was, I was literally thrilled. I was like, oh, my God, they finally did it. They put a dolphin in, and then I went to get... Uh, what's, it, what's its name again? I keep forgetting its uh, name. Well, there's Finizen, and people are telling me it has an evolution, which I, I'm going to say, like, I, I kind of don't want to hear about it. But it's yeah, like, I still haven't seen that If yet. it's just a bigger dolphin, I imagine I'll love it even more. Like, it, it's, it's a dolphin. I'm yeah, just, it I'm better so not happy. transform into, like, a whale or something yeah, like that. It better not stand up. Like, it better just be a dolphin. <laughs> That'd be a big the, the dolphin. The dolphin becomes Gross bipedal and, and, and yeah. turns into a and turns into a sexy it's, cat lady. I'd sit over all over. Like no, let the dolphin be a dolphin, please. 
It's like oh the dolphin God. from the Penguins of Madagascar. Just giving like an electric <laughs> scooter or something. That's very funny. Uh, what about you, Campbell? What have you, who have you, who have you enjoyed? Okay, so my favorite brand new Pokemon right now has to be this wonderful, stupid monstrosity called Earthworm, which is literally <laughs> just an earthworm, but he's just this dopey little bulb that's sticking out of the ground, and if your mind is in not a great place, you may mistake it for something else, and it's very weird to see that in a game, but it is just the dumbest pokemon design i can think of because he's just a looks like an earthworm basically but he's got these two dopey little eyes in front and he's got these six little like circles on the side that can poke out into little stubby arms it's just so weird and silly i as i encountered it for the first time i was just wondering how out of all the scrap designs that they must have for Pokemon, this little dude, this silly, sleepy, wormy little guy, made the cut. And I love it. I, I love I this love fourth that, worm. I love that in every generation of Pokemon, there's always one where it's like, really? Hip? Like her? Like, excuse me? Yeah. Um, and also, Flamingo. Why oh, Flam <laughs> don't you mean Flamigo? Flamigo. Flamigo is an all-timer for me, to be quite honest. <laughs> Flamingo uh, the Amigo. <laughs> It's literally just a flamingo. It's like a, a flamingo, flamingo just walked into Paldea. <laughs> I That's do what like happened. that. We, There's nothing a, else to it. We've got a theme of Pokemon that are literally just animals this time around. Yes. And I love it. There's a, there's a dolphin. There's an earthworm. There's a flamingo. It's there's great. a dog uh, made out of bread. I love it. I love uh, all of it. But that, that's different. The, the Daoshan, you know, Fido is different. That's like, at least it's a dog. It's that's a dog different. made of bread. That's different. But we're talking about a literal flamingo. It's like someone went to the zoo and just took a picture of it. And it's like, that has to be a fictional animal. Like, they just didn't know that it was a real thing. And that's what we go. Well, we all know that flamingos don't exist in Japan. So they're just trying their best here. <laughs> they're just trying their best there. Uh, that's very funny. Uh, there's also a dog made of rocks. Uh, Rock Ruff. Oh, he's old. Right. Yeah, he's he from Sun old, and Moon. What? Yeah, yeah. Rockruff's from oh. Sun and Moon. Well, forget it then. He, he is a cutie, though. He's he a classic. He, like, I, like, I, he I, was very clearly made to be marketable in Sun and Moon. Like, he was all I, over the place. I love Rockruff. He was like I a pre order bonus, too, wasn't he? Oh. Yeah, he was. In fact, yeah. uh, I don't know if you guys remember this. Before they announced Incineroar, for Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, there was a time when speculation was going around. That it was going to be Lycanroc. Yeah. yeah, the Rock Rough Evolution Lycanroc oh. was genuinely considered. Like, maybe they'll do Lycanroc. Ultimately, they went with Incineroar, but it wasn't out of the question because it was that marketable. Wow, so. I could see it. Um, I loved it. I, I've also enjoyed... Uh, okay, okay, gosh. Now now I'm afraid to, to mention Pokemon because I'm afraid that they're old. <laughs> the names. Um, there's a little... There's a little uh, he's poison and electric type. Um, <laughs> you're talking about it's from Sword and Shield. You're talk, it. it evolves into Toxtricity. <laughs> yeah, Toxel. Uh, to Toxel. Yeah, Toxel. No, I thought Toxel was uh, was a new one. Damn, I'm I'm way out of the loop here, guys. No, Dang, but you know I, what? That that's cool though. I think it's actually cool for someone like you to have skipped a few generations because whether it's new or old, you're still discovering new favorites, and I think that that's actually it's exciting. Like I don't know. It's yeah. I, I I feel a little deflated now, but uh, <laughs> like, no, you have uh, more to digest. That makes yeah, things even I think better. I'm actually yeah, a little jealous. Fun. Yeah, because yeah. it's also it's more fresh to you. It it does feel very fresh to be like who who is this guy? Oh, okay, what about Mastiff? Is that one new or old? That's new. 
That's new. Okay, Mastiff. I like Mastiff a lot. The Mastiff, the rascal Pokemon, is just a big dog. Like it's, it's great. I love <laughs> you it. You little rascal. He's cute. Is that Am the I, one uh, with the candle on its head? No, that's uh, Grievant. No. Gr- right, 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 right. That one's really cool too. Yeah. My other anything that's favorite? a dog is cool. Yeah. Amen, My other buddy. new favorite is the one that I mentioned earlier, which carries around a giant hammer, and I don't know if I should say the name because I intentionally didn't say the name earlier, but it. It gives me Amy Rose vibes from Sonic. Yes. Oh and that might, awesome. that might be why I like it so much. Because it's, it's this cute little creature just carrying a hammer that's like three times its size. And it's super strong. And that's so awesome to me. Like, when, it, when I first got it, when it first reached this final evolution, I, was, I just, I don't know, I was like, oh my god. Like, immediately, this and this dolphin are my new favorite creatures to exist i just i i love them both so much so like we've uh we've oh sorry go ahead Campbell. i was just gonna say we also gotta give some love to my boy cloth too because <laughs> continuing the theme of animals that are made of something else mm-hmm. we've got a crab made of rock and i will love this rocky <laughs> little boy also uh, especially sh- the fact that his cry just sounds like he's screaming in pain every time i bring him <laughs> on to into battle it's just like i'm sorry buddy but you gotta do this Shout outs to uh, uh, to Celia, uh, marketing director for Yacht Club Games, who we were hanging out over the weekend. And she mentioned that you can make a team entirely out of crabs in this Pokemon. Game, <laughs> which, uh, yes, that is which very I, true. I mean, she, she's right. She's yeah. right. And she, sh- and she should say it. You know, it's like you can make a crab team, um, which I think is worth mentioning. Um, I, yes. We haven't even discussed like I, I love the way they do the Pokedex in this game. Like every like mm. you, like oh, yeah. every time you catch a Pokemon, it's like putting it's a in book. a little. Yeah. It's like a book. It's awesome. Like I, the aesthetic of it is so like it's beautiful. I, I think it's uh, I think it's great. And I love that the, the little um, they're not sprites, but the little like character portraits of the Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Like when you when you uh, when you hit the pause menu. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're like drawn now. Yeah, I this love is not, they're not just little yeah. pixel, not pixelated yeah. anymore. They're actual it's artwork, like, really. and they look it's great. Re- it's yeah. gorgeous. And and again, it's it's uh, I know this game. Ha- okay. I guess now is as good a time as any to to get into the what graphics. this game what oh, this game looks no. like because I think <laughs> I'll say this I think the art direction for this game is really strong. Yeah, it like, looks excellent for sure. It looks great. The, the, we we've talked a lot about how a lot of these new Pokemon have very striking designs. Uh, what's the bird with the pompadour? Oh, uh, oh, actually. <laughs> Not that one, the parrot, the parrot. Yeah, I don't know the names of all the new stuff because I keep nicknaming everything. But I know what you're talking about. Yeah, like, I love, like, a lot of of great bird designs uh, with Mm -hmm. great hair in this game. Um, Like, like all the new Pokemon, I think, are very, if not as striking as as some of the originals, are are at least uh, uh, interesting in their own ways, whether they're a big earthworm or not. Um, Like, the, (laughs) the... the trainer designs are cool. The school, I think, is great. I love the professors, uh, mm-hmm. the gym leaders. Like, very good designs. But of course, <laughs> as good as the art, <laughs> as good as the art direction is, mm-hmm. it inevitably run up runs up against, uh, you know, the technical portion. And mm-hmm. I think we we got to get into it, guys. It's um, like looking without glasses half the time. <laughs> it really is. Like, oh, I finally boy. understand what people with glasses feel like, because I can't tell what the heck is going on with some texture. It's, mm-hmm. it's, uh, it's pretty rough. I, I, I took a video, I never record video on my Switch, but I did take a video 
Uh, you know when you, when you get to the the school at the the first time you walk into the school and they're like, oh, introduce yourself to the class, and it like cuts to the class. Oh, Lord, I know what you're talking about. You know what I'm talking about? There's students yeah. kind of sitting there. I'm doing it right now. I can't see it because it's a podcast. But there's students sitting there, kind of swinging their legs like you do when you're in elementary school. And the way it's that two looks, frames a it's second. in stop oh motion. God. The kids <laughs> are in literal stop motion. That's I hey hey hey. Was... That's an insult to stop motion. It okay. really is. It is. Re- I should specify. It's really really bad stop motion <laughs> so it just it doesn't um, look right I, I saw that scene i couldn't believe good. my eyes because i've seen I, plenty of switch games do that the same effect where a character in the distance they're at 15 frames a second or something like fine whatever whatever it takes to get it running but it's all characters within like a few inches of your character in the same room all of these children exist in a perpetual stasis of two frames a second at least it's it's ridiculous. rough man it's it's uh yeah it's it looks ideal. it looks really it's really bad and i think you know we're at a point where xeno you know xenoblade chronicles 3 and i know i took a steaming hot dump on the game last week but bayonetta 3 those games look good on switch and mm-hmm. this game I, i'm not saying that game freak should be absolutely up to par with these other massive developers, but considering this franchise made nine billion dollars last year, oh my god, it can it can look better. Like exactly. they can, the Pokemon company can shell out the money to mm-hmm. get this made right, and I think that's the biggest downfall of Scar of Scarlet and Violet. It's not made right. Exactly. Like this thing, look, it it just generally it doesn't run right. It doesn't look right. It's just this whole thing, the whole production behind it is kind of shameful because it looks like if a 3ds game was making the transition to switch and it was having a rough development and it shouldn't be that way because breath of the wild and mario odyssey should have set the standard for switch and they did for many companies and a lot of games got better looking from there but for game freak we've somehow i feel like we've gone backwards where let's go eevee and Let's Go Pikachu are still the best-looking Pokemon games, at least mainline titles, on Switch. And now Scarlet and Violet might just be the worst-looking. Absolutely. I mean, look, I've reviewed my fair share of terrible Switch ports over the past few years. i play a lot of just really awful THQ Nordic ports and things like that, <laughs> where there's these third-party games that don't have a lot of a big budget for porting them over to Switch, and they look mm-hmm. like crap. And at least they have the decent excuse of being third-party developers taking games that have existed on other platforms for a few years beforehand and just trying to shove them on the Switch onto a platform that's way underpowered compared to what those games were originally built for. At least those mm-hmm. kinds of situations have an excuse. If Scarlet and Violet was developed by a THQ Nordic or a Bethesda or whatever, it would be inexcusable. Coming from a not-quite-first-party you know, Nintendo studio, but a company that develops Nintendo-exclusive games... It's completely unacceptable for Scarlet and Violet to look like this. The least they could do was ha- was have a solid performance, but they can't even hit mm-hmm. that. It is a rarity to hit 30 frames a second in this. 90% of the time, I'm in like the 25 to 20 range, which is ridiculous, yeah, especially in an open world game where you're just supposed to be running around and exploring, which I think it really goes to show that this game is a casualty of Game Freak and the Pokemon companies, just business schedule. You gotta mm-hmm. get a new generation out every three years. Gotta align with the anime. Gotta align with. And you know, I don't know. I don't know if you products. guys saw this, but this is so rare for Nintendo to do this for their first party games. Oh, but they're actually yeah. offering refunds if you bought this mm-hmm. game digitally. 
Okay, so I, I saw a headline before we started recording about that exact thing. I didn't have time to read it because we were like just about to start. But like, what can any of you guys speak at more length about that? Because I, so, I did see the headline, but I didn't. I didn't read anything in, in depth from, about it. From my understanding, the history is that the Nintendo like seal of like approval, like the official quality seal, like if it doesn't meet Nintendo standards, then they're allowed to like do a refund. And hmm. I think that's like the case here. Interesting. It's a kind of like a cyberpunk situation. Yeah, I'm guessing it's that because people. I think. You know, there's a bigger issue with this game, which is the frame rate. And we've rarely talked about this movie, but there's a there's an interesting case study online of Have you guys seen The Hobbit, the first movie? I haven't seen it, but like I'm obviously familiar with what it is. Okay, so what they did with this movie was they decided to release multiple cuts of it running at different frame rates. So there was the traditional theater release of like twenty-four frames. And then you had like a, an upped one to like 40 or so. And then you had another one at 60. And when they tested it with audiences, it didn't fly so well because people actually get like nauseated depending on frame rates. Like it's, it's something that actually happens. So I think a lot of people are complaining that the frame rate is nauseating for this game and that it's so mm. all over the place that it can literally give you headaches. And I will attest to that because there was one point where I was playing where you get to reach the city that has like a lake in the middle and so much is going on. It's so poorly optimized that I actually felt like I was getting a headache for the first wow. time. Yeah. So that, that, hasn't, that hasn't hit me just yet. Um, I, haven't, I haven't encountered anything quite like that just yet. Um, that's crazy. Th- but it's be, very be, rare for Nintendo of all companies to offer like a refund. No, they've literally uh, gone to court. On that. To do that. Go ahead, go ahead. No, I was just gonna say they've literally gone to court in the past. I think it was the EU or somebody that's been trying to challenge Nintendo's policies to allow refunds, refunds on these shops. So all that's to say, they're extremely resistant to it. Anyway, Brad, Bradley, go ahead. Well, uh, for some reason, I don't recall this being the first time they've offered refunds for a game. As a matter of fact, I believe they're at least on the American side. Their customer service is usually pretty strong i think if you if you call and you ask up and you're saying hey this game makes me is making me sick or hey like this game is causing literal problems to my switch hardware uh they'll refund you i i remember uh i had issues with my my own 3ds clearly my own problem where i i opened up like a fizzy drink and i part of it got on the circle pad and it made the circle pad sticky and i said hey i have a problem with this is there anything i can do and they said send it in we'll fix it for free and that's exactly what they did. Yeah, their customer so, listen, their customer service has always been fantastic. You know, I've used it in the past for certain things, but Right. So all like, they don't, say, you know, like offering a refund, refund though, like yeah. Nintendo, they just never do it. Like, so I, saying, like, I can't I, recall any other recent games that they did that for. I don't recall okay. I feel like they've done refunds for digital games before. I don't know that it's Yeah, they absolutely have. They Uh, have in the past, but, like, I can't name a single one in recent years. But I I also acknowledge, um, yeah, like, obviously the fact that it's a headline probably means that it is a bigger deal than usual. But I also think that's just Nintendo maintaining their 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 high level customer of course service, yeah right? i think that's all it mm-hmm. really boils down to i don't think it's a matter of nintendo making a public statement saying hey if you want a refund on pokemon scarlet and violet come contact us like no i don't think it's like that i think it's more a matter of if you if you're truly disappointed with these games and you feel that you are deserving of a refund as a customer 
then you can contact them and they can just they can see if you're deserving of a refund. I don't really know that it warrants a news story though, per- personally. Yeah. I think that's just I think, I think that's it's normal. A little, I think it's a little I think it's a little overblown personally, but I think we can all agree that it's like the the state that this game has shipped in is kind of kind of shocking. Oh, definitely. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, you know, I was looking, you know, when I first saw the story, I was like, I don't know about this. And then I started looking at Reddit and a few other places and I was like, wow, a lot of people are actually like asking for refunds and getting it. And I was just like completely surprised by it because I just, you know, I, I feel like they just don't like, again, what Campbell said before with the EU court case, it's like they rarely offer refunds. I feel mm-hmm. like their customer service is great. Again, used in the past. They're always fantastic, but you know, like offering a refund on a full price game that you bought that you're like hours into. I feel like they rarely ever will provide a refund for something like that. Yeah, it's uh, I mean, it's, you know, it's not understandable. Like, like, and again, we're, we're singling out Nintendo here, but like Sony is also resistant to this. Like, of course, like, yes. <laughs> and you, like, like other companies are also very like the steam is kind of the exception to the rule, uh, to be honest, uh, mm. in terms of giving refunds. Like Sony is also notoriously like, Sorry, like we don't really do that. We, uh, Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven being the the big uh, the big, the one, big outlier yes. exactly, mm-hmm. um, which goes to so show yeah. this is Nintendo Cyberpunk basically, right? <laughs> yes. So, which is That's a funny. horrible comparison, <laughs> but yeah, it seems to hold up at this point. I think but the point. To, the point. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I was just gonna say the the point I really want to make in regards to the performance here is that the shape of the game is terrible, right? And yes. Nintendo which fans, is a shame. Yeah, it's awful. And Nintendo fans often make the argument, I mean, we've all made the argument on the show before, that it's like, oh, well, the Switch is underpowered compared to other platforms, but it's not the graphics that matter. It's not the performance that matters. It's just the gameplay and being able to have fun with the game that matters the most. And I think that's totally true. But the performance issues on display here, you know, the game is not unplayable. You can still play it. We've put dozens of hours into it collectively. But the performance issues make it tough to play sometimes, whether you're getting headaches or getting motion sickness. And that's just the real shame here. And that's just the unfortunate point. It's not unplayable. You can still play it. You can still get plenty of enjoyment out of it. But we shouldn't have to put up with this. And it's shocking for a Nintendo first-party title to To release in this this shape, to have a cyberpunk situation. Right. If it's directly interfering with the gameplay... Mm -hmm. Then yeah, that is a problem. Like Cyberpunk's issues directly interfered with the gameplay, which is the core essence of why you buy a video game, right? So, mm-hmm. if it's making your game at times literally unplayable, that is objectively a problem. That's not subjective anymore, that is objective. Like yeah. a game crashing, a game dropping frames, a game having flickering in character animations, that is all objectively a problem. With that said, I'm obviously still allowed to enjoy the game. Yes, of course. <laughs> which, is, which is how I am, right? Right. Well, no, and I'm enjoying. Look, I'm we, enjoying this game. We like, all a love lot. this game. Yeah, so far. I love this yeah. game so far, yeah. gameplay wise. But the rest of it, you know, on a technical level, it's just unacceptable. I mean, again, it's the highest-grossing media franchise on the planet. Like we're talking about a franchise that makes more money than Star Wars every single year. It just it shouldn't be in this state. They should be able to shell out the money to get this done, especially if they want to do these games on a yearly basis on this scale, then they need to get the staff on this that can make this, you know, 
done right. And whether that's, you know, like how Nintendo outsources a lot of content to Monolith Soft to get the content made right. Exactly. You know, whether yeah. if Pokemon, you know, if the Pokemon company and Game Freak have to do this, it's what they have to do. But it, it just shouldn't be in the state. And it's such a shame because I think if it had a better technical performance, it would be probably the best received Pokemon game on Switch, I feel like. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And one of the best received Pokemon games ever. And honestly, Mark, like the entire time I've been playing this, I just keep thinking to myself, where was Monolith? on this exactly you know? xenoblade chronicles yeah, 3 so... is phenomenal the way mm. it runs and everything i didn't have a single problem with that game this game i i've encountered problems that i haven't even heard of for other games like have you guys heard of like a data leak where mm. part of the game like messes up and then the frame rate starts like dropping tremendously oh no. i have heard of that actually. Well, yeah, yeah i've had I've that heard... happen to me three times so far while oh, playing man. this and i've had to I've restart the game like, I've never seen that happen in another video game before that I've played. And then, mm. uh, obviously, it's crashed twice for me so far, which, uh, the auto-saving, thank God it has that, because if it were an old Pokemon game, I would have stopped playing. <laughs> right. So, yeah. I've had it crash. Uh, now, I, I have something I want to say, and you can call it playing devil's advocate, but I'm just trying to approach this like a detective. Like, how, how did it come to this, right? And what I'm kind of thinking is when Pokemon Red and Blue first came out, we obviously accepted it. it. It went on to grow and generate a million billion dollar franchise. But even Red and Blue were glitchy. Yes. Oh, yeah. And yeah. Gold and they Silver were. comes out and they're optimized like heck because Satoru Iwata steps in and, and allows these developers to have more optimized programming methods. And they basically make the dream Pokemon game they want to make, and it's phenomenal. And then for the next several years, they knock it out of the park with Pokemon games. And while there might be some people saying, well, I prefer the old stuff more, generally speaking, they're universally accepted as good games, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously, there's the whole thing where you can say, well, Pokemon was never the same since it made the leap to 3D. And there is truth to that. And I'm wondering if it's just because the people who are programming these Pokemon games just didn't understand how to make that transition like when mm, you do a 2d yes. pokemon game mm. uh it, it's all it's all on the coding right it's all on the programming it's it's all in what we call like scripting and stuff like that and when you get to 3d okay well now you need 3d modelers 3d animators you got to learn how to script animations in 3d you gotta now you have to work with a camera now you have to work with lighting stuff like that right and that really changes the development process and so on top of hiring all those people for your two three year development cycle now you also have to learn how to incorporate it with everything that you've developed so far but you might figure okay well that's just one generation right that's just generation five to generation six more or less right and it's like yes and no so now you get to generation eight or generation nine and you say you want to make a big open world game and maybe you have the 3d modelers and the programmers and stuff now but there might just still be this misunderstanding where you get two or three or four months into the development cycle and you realize, oh, snap, we bit off more than we can chew. Yeah, I guess you could hand it over to Monolithsoft, but maybe you say, well, that that's not in the budget of the development cycle. And ultimately, it does, oil, it does all boil down into this whole thing of saying if they just had another year, they probably could have made a better game. And I have no doubt that that's true. But part of me also wonders, like, does throwing more money at it necessarily solve the problem or is this just like a fundamental issue with the yeah. management and the development mm -hmm. of pokemon games at game freak because yeah, no Bradley, doubt there are talented a, yeah. people there 
But I, Bro, I don't. A, I don't know that yeah. the solution is simple. Sorry. Go no, ahead. no. I think that's a great point. Um, like I think I think you're you're totally correct. I, I think it does come down to like that's got to be like a management thing of like we need to prioritize certain things over other things or like hire mm-hmm. staff who can who can who specialize in this kind of thing. Something like I, I think you're a hundred percent correct. I, I think it does come down to um, just an organizational thing. Um, because yeah, it is, it's pretty wild that like, <laughs> it's pretty wild that in this game, you cannot spin the camera all the way around <laughs> in certain locations. Like, right. like mm-hmm. it's like, <laughs> enter a poke, like you enter a, a gym and you can't like rotate the camera behind you. It's like, it's pretty crazy. Um, clearly they, 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 uh, optimize certain things over other things. And I think the game does suffer for it. That said, as we've all sit, you know, all revealed earlier in this podcast, we're all part of the problem. We all bought this game. Day <laughs> yes, one. we did. Uh, yeah. It's like, yeah. <laughs> so that's, so that's, that's a tough thing because like, again, it'll never get better unless if we don't buy it, it's so it's tough, man. Cause we, we've spent the last 20 minutes, you know, I think pretty, pretty going pretty hard at the at uh, at Scarlet and Violet, but we all are having a fun time, and that's yeah. that's crazy. That's like a like if this were any other game, I would probably put it down. But it's like, well, I I still want to play it. I still want to mm-hmm. catch those new Pokemon and like and like mm-hmm. see yes. what the world has to offer. <laughs> it's a tough thing for Nintendo to overcome because as as much as we complain about, it, as much as the fan outcry might might skew negative at the end of the day. You know, we all paid sixty dollars for this game on the first we day it came out. Yes. So it's like we're so all chumps in the in exactly. Nintendo's game. So, so it's tough. I, I, I'm, I am optimistic. You know me. I've got to be optimistic about these things. That uh, that Nintendo and Game Freak do listen to these criticisms because I think a lot of them are very valid. Uh, but at the end of the day, I would love to see them continue in this vein with making Pokemon games that are like this and just make them and just make them better and better and better. You know, like I I would love to see Mm -hmm. the, the the fully optimized version of this game, you know, exactly. Literally the, the gameplay I would say is near perfect for Scarlet and Violet. Like it's everything you could ever want from a Pokemon game. That's, that's basically the message of what we're talking about right before this, you know, 20 minute long session of trashing the game (laughs) so what i'm really looking forward to now though is no recently pokemon's been moving towards instead of creating a third version doing something like dlc and updates for the games but i think that out of any pokemon game that's released previously scarlet and violet need a updated third version that combines both versions of the game and you know, maybe comes out in a year or two, and it gives Game Freak time to just polish things off. Basically, effectively remaster a game that just came out. I think at that point, this that's what this game needs now. Just a fresh coat of paint, a fresh uh, eye on it, focusing just on ironing out all the kinks with it while just enhancing the gameplay loop that was already so excellent with it before. I think you're yeah. right. I think it absolutely could benefit from a third version. This is sadly like the first generation I played a Pokemon game where I I start to think this is the time they cannot do a third version just because of what the core fundamental of what the game is. Mm -hmm. The game was built around the idea of you being able to link up with your friends and explore the world together. So if you make a third version, how does that work if there's like new locations in the third version? Or do people with the third version they can only connect with each other. Well, now that's a problem because now you're limiting your your demographic, right? So 
they they really did kind of need to nail it from the start. And I know people are saying if the Switch had better hardware, this wouldn't be a problem. It's like, ugh, I think that's, that's a problem with the yeah, game. Problem. That's the whole problem. Again, yeah. Yeah. Dragon Quest Eleven exists, and that came the out Witcher three, three years ago. The Witcher Three, Doom. Freaking Doom came out the first year the Switch was on the market. Like, it's Even, not the Again, hardware. Breath of the Wild, the first mm-hmm. game yeah. on Nintendo Switch. Breath of the Wild yeah. looks fantastic. Does it have its frame rate issues? It does, Just, but it's yeah. almost at like that perfect 30. It's yeah, like, well, it's like the almost frame rate there. issues are an exception in Breath of the Wild. They're the norm in Scarlet and Violet. That's, I mean, yeah. even, even Legends Arceus, right? Like that game oh, yeah. functions well. Like it, 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 I'm sure there are frame rate issues, but they're not mm. common, right? That's the whole thing we're talking yeah, about. They're yeah, they're not as common, yeah. So I, I don't think they can do a third version. I think for better or for worse, they have to stick with what they've got. Or, and fix it. Yeah, they, or they there needs to be, and I don't exactly know how they would do it, but I know it's possible. There needs to be one of those like one gigabyte, two gigabyte updates that yes. just like optimizes everything. But I, I kind of don't see that happening. Maybe they'll do DLC and there'll be bits and pieces there that do polish up the game. But otherwise, yeah, they're probably working on the next game already. Yeah, otherwise Can't I don't wait. think we're going to get a third version. This just because of the the fundamentals of the game. Yeah, I I yeah, I hate to say it but you're you're probably right there. I'm uh who knows? I'm hopeful there'll be some patches and things down the line, hopefully kind of iron out some of these issues. But I think, uh, again, just to kind of wrap it up here, I think that we can all agree that uh, this is a step in the right direction for sure. Uh, the core fundamentals are super strong. Uh, the new Pokemon designs are great. We didn't even mention LeChonk, which I think yes. speaks to... <laughs> Listen. His, like, his greatness. He can't his greatness. be mentioned. Yeah. Uh, like, I think uh, maybe that's maybe that's, maybe that's that's where we end it. We, we just uh, praise mm. LeChonk. You can't mention but, his name in vain. <laughs> but uh, I think we can all agree this is, this is a, a, a strong, strong showing for a, for a new Pokemon game. Even though we were all very skeptical of this game coming out the same year as uh, Legends Arceus... Here we are, all playing this game and having a having a blast. So uh, and Diamond so I don't and Pearl, know. technically in a year span, it came out the same day. Oh, I didn't even think oh, about man. that. Wow, no, that actually is a good point. So technically, there's crazy. three mainline games. Wow. Well, not Diamond and Pearl is not mainline, but you know, they well, make three big Pokemon games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, three that's big ridiculous. That's pretty pretty stunning. Yeah, I think. Listen, Game Freak, like lay off the gas a little bit, guys. Mm-hmm. Like you can, and Pokemon uh, Snap. They put people on that too, yeah. right? Wasn't that yeah. this year? New, yeah. Well, that, was, that, was, that was Bandai Namco. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's true. Yeah, they still involved Game Freak in some way or other. At mm-hmm. least it's the same problem. Yeah, listen, Game Game Freak, take a little time off. You know, like everybody, chill. Like, just, I mean, <laughs> again, I'm pointing to the article behind me. We didn't need this game this year. Game Freak was already spoiling us with Arceus and things like that. I'm glad yeah. we got to play it. I, we're all having an absolute blast. Mm-hmm. But. You know. Also, we never got to talk about this. I am so glad they ditched that you could just catch a Pokemon without having to battle them. Because looking back on that, I think that was the worst mechanic of Arceus. Because I feel like it absolutely. Uh oh. I, I really. Like, you at know, first. We were doing no, no, no. fine. No, no, no. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. Mark, why we, would you say no, that? No, 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 no. We talked about this on the show. And I, yeah. talk, I listened to the episode before we recorded this one. Yeah. And we were all talking about how much we love it. And then a while ago, I logged back into Legends Arceus just before this one, just to get like a fresh memory. And like, I was hating it. And like, looking back on it, I'm just kind of like, it really took away a lot of what we love about Pokemon having that aspect. 
it wasn't necessarily like a terrible, terrible decision, but the satisfaction of going into a battle and being able to catch the Pokemon with multiple Pokeballs and having to damage them and perhaps use, you know, moves that will give them paralysis or freeze or stuff like that. It's all so satisfying. And that additional time kind of adds in between finding more new Pokemon. And I think the flow of it for this game works perfectly. Whereas for Legends Arceus, you kind of ran out of Pokemon to catch. Again, like after 30 minutes of exploring, it was kind of like, okay, time to mess with the day and night cycle and try and find the last few that I missed. Uh, yeah, listen, I, I'm split on that. Like, I love a traditional Pokemon battle, don't get me wrong. But also, all these little weenie Pokemon that I keep, like, running into and having to bat, like, mm-hmm. wouldn't it be great to just, like, I, I know you can run past them and, like, all that, that's fine. And but, they like, took out also, the grinding, because now you could just send out your Pokemon and just, like, go after them. This mm-hmm. is true. I guess, I guess the, I guess the, the, the fault lies with me. I guess I can just let my, let my Sprigatito just kind of run around and, and take care of business. Um, but I, I, I don't know. I, I kind of liked being able to just sneak up on a weak Pokemon and just catch it right away. Like, I think that's kind of nice. Mm-hmm. Um... But that said, I think that you're, you're, I mean, you're, pro- I don't know, I, I guess you're, I don't know, I, I'm not sure where I, where I land on that just yet. I guess I'm still early enough in the game that I can't quite decide. Um, but I, I, I like having the both option. Worlds, exactly. The, the, the best of both worlds would be if they make another Legends Arceus game for Unova or Gen 6 or whatever. The, the, that would mean then that the Pokemon Legends games would now be focused more on the catching like going around, sneaking up yeah. on Pokemon and catching them. And the core mainline Pokemon games would now be more focused on the battling, getting gym badges, That's fighting true. Titan Pokemon. So it, it could be a best of both worlds situation. Personally, I liked catching Pokemon like that, but I, I do agree. The fun of catching Pokemon is kind of trying to be strategic with it. Even when every once in a while I accidentally KO a Pokemon, I get sad. But I acknowledge that's the thrill of it, is trying to be strategic and trying to figure out how to get it. So with any luck, we'll get both going forward. We'll get another game, and then we'll get another mainline game. So we'll Mm -hmm. see. Well, and again, that speaks to the strength of the of the direction that they're going is that they've implemented this like new mechanic of like, what if we try it this way? And I think that's I think it's important that they keep trying to do that kind of stuff. just because, like, you know, things got to evolve. Things got to change. Like, that's why I've avoided getting into Pokemon for so long. It's because, like, it's, it's the same. It's been the same for so long. Mm-hmm. So with this one, it's exciting to to engage in new mechanics and, and just a new way to, to look at the world. Um, you know sorry, what we didn't I, mention? One more thing. The characters in this game. We never spoke about them. I like them I, in this game. <laughs> they're pretty okay. They're, yeah. like, at least uh, there's a handful that I really like. The rest, the whole team star is kind of... I just I kind of wish the team star the whole thing was just replaced with something else, but I wish they were I don't, like yeah. actual antagonists. Personally. Yeah, that's the thing. They're just kind of like this group of an annoying, as you put it before, Cameron. They're hooligans, and you kind of encounter them. There's like a whole group of well-designed, but they're they only have like a line of dialogue yeah. each, so it's kind of annoying. The one thing that is really good about Team Star is their battle theme is absurdly amazing for fighting a Team Star member. Like it's a banger. That's the the only thing I like about them, though. (laughs) The grunt themes of these rival teams have been getting better and better as the games have gone on. But obviously no actual villainous team is going to surpass Team Rocket. With that said... (laughs) I agree. I don't care for most of the characters in this game, I'm sorry to say. Except for one. There was one that won me over, and I thought it, like... 
they turned what could have been the most boring character into, like, my favorite character. And without giving too much away, there is one gym leader whose gym challenge requires you to, like, find ingredients in a city. And that specific gym leader turned out to be, like, my favorite fight in the game. I thought that was so funny and so cool and so creative that once I finished that gym battle, I was like, all right, this game's pretty cool. <laughs> this game's pretty cool. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh wait, Bradley, um, you didn't meet you didn't meet the Titan, the guy that you explored for the Titans, right? I met the guy, but you I met haven't the guy. done any. I haven't done okay. any of the Titans yet. No, I, so I'll I guess tell I you really one thing: his story is the best yeah. in the game. All right, I'm looking forward to that. But as far as gym leaders go, there's there's this businessman, and he, he's yes. the best. He's the best. <laughs> there you go. That's, That's nice. all I'll say. All right, guys, we've been talking for an hour and a half. We got to wrap this up. Um, All right, yeah, sorry, thank you so much. No, 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 don't be, don't be. Listen, I, oh, I, I just, I'm, I'm realizing. I glanced at the clock right now. I'm like, oh my god, it's seven, seven thirty over on in LA right now. Um, thirty which, here, which means it's even later here. for you boys. Um, any final? Let's kind of, let's kind of uh, come to a close here. Any, any final things we want to say about uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet? Anything we are hopeful to see in the future? I know we've kind of, I feel like we've did a good job of, of doing kind of an all-encompassing review of this game. But is there anything we want to end with here? It's good, but if you get <laughs> nauseated, if you get nauseated from headaches, from frame rate issues, I recommend you maybe check out some gameplay first, or if you can get your hands on from someone else's copy, that might be a, a good way to see if it's for you. But it's definitely, I, I don't know if this or Let's Go Eevee is the best Pokemon game on Switch in terms of like the mainline Pokemon games by Game Freak, but it's definitely the contender. I think it might be the best one. I think that the entire game can be encapsulated in the first three words that Mark said just there. It's good, but you <laughs> have to understand that this is an extraordinary game. The design sure. is excellent. It comes with a whole lot of caveats that we've dived into almost extensively, but I think there's still plenty of technical issues that we've not discussed And no here. accessibility options. And no accessibility options. It's a very limited experience, so you have to be aware of the caveats there. But if you can come to terms with those, you're in, in, in store for just a really excellent, excellent Pokemon adventure that, from my experience at least, is probably the best Pokemon game on Switch. Now, I'm not the most authoritative Pokemon expert on the show, of course, but to me, this is about as good as it can get i think that's fair I, I bradley what about yourself why don't you why don't you close this out here as far as the designs of the new pokemon go like their literal designs and appearance it's probably my favorite generation in a long time i really like a lot of these new designs i mean there's a there's a dolphin like i'm set <laughs> there's this amy rose looking pokemon that's pretty cool but uh yeah i have had a very lucky experience with this game so far that i acknowledge has not been the norm for other people like i haven't had frame rate issues i've, I've had some flickering with the textures and i've had the mm. game crash on me twice but outside of that i've really been enjoying myself and i kind of feel bummed out to see that there's so many glitches that said the memes i've been seeing on social media are so freaking funny so if people got more ideas for those, please keep them up because they always give me a laugh. But otherwise, that's not the experience I've been having. And I've been recording everything I've been doing. So people can, you know, self-plug here. People can go and watch how my game's been running. But yeah. I have been really, really liking it. And I'm not even halfway done through the game. So 
I'm only curious to see what the game holds, and I think it's only going to get better. I remain optimistic, but I've been thoroughly enjoying my time. And I haven't even done multiplayer stuff yet either, so all in all, Quick Scarlet question. Violet, good experience. Yeah. Quick up? question, Bradley. Are you on What's a Switch it? OLED? No, I'm on a regular Switch. Okay. On a launch day switch. The launch day switch. Because I saw your footage for Arlo for his video, and I was yeah, like, why does this look so... Yeah, that's what we I was to thinking a, to myself. We had to put a note in Arlo's video, because Arlo said that the experience he was having Looked did not smooth. match the yeah. footage <laughs> I used in the video. And I got a couple comments where people were saying, like, why is your game running so smoothly? And I only have two guesses. Guess number one, I have the physical copy of the game. I don't know if that makes a difference, but that hmm. might. Yeah, I have physical and, too. And guess number two, I play it for one or two hours at a time, and then I turn it off. Some people are playing for five or six hours, and people are saying that that might be causing memory leaks and stuff like that, that you need to close out your game and go back into it to reset it. Oh, I don't play it for that long of a period of time. But I don't know. I'm not, but like I said, I'm not going to sit here and act like this game is flawless, but I've been having a really good time, and I'm grateful for that. Yeah. I mean, I think that's uh, I think that's as as good a place to end it as any. Um, let's do a little sign off here. I've been your host, Cameron Dax, and you can find me. Oh boy, you can find me somewhere. Uh, I'm over on Twitter at Action Daxon. Some of my writings over on Goombastomp.com. I've written a lot lately about God of War Ragnarok, the latest PlayStation Five uh, masterpiece by Sony Santa Monica, and I also reviewed Return to Monkey Island, which is the opposite of God of War Ragnarok. Uh, Mark, where can people find you on the internet? Uh, you can find me at the Markel. That, of course, is Mark with the C, Cal with the K. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, over on GoombaStomp.com, you can check out my piece on 20 Years Later, Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, the message behind the whole game, if you want to learn more about the uh, Isahaya Bay conflict that uh, fueled the game's plot. So I have a whole... Uh, a nice chunky 3,000 word piece on that. Uh, I'll have a review of uh, Pokemon Scarlet and Violet out soon. I don't know when. I want to first finish up just about everything in the game. I'm getting there, but uh, once I do finish, I'll have the review up. Fair enough. Uh, Campbell, what about yourself? You can find my game starting over at Goombastomp.com. My most recent article is a q and I did with one of the developers of Gunbrella, as well as an indie game spotlight. We actually just put up a new spotlight this past weekend, so go and check that out. Uh, and you can find me on social media at Campbellaskill, uppercase CSG. Lovely, lovely. Uh, Bradley, uh, Yo Schiller, where can we find you? What are you? What are you working on? Uh, please give yourself a little, uh, a little, a little love there. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's a pleasure. Right now, I am recording a bunch of po uh, Pokemon Scarlet gameplay for my channel. I also play other multiplayer games like Mario Kart 8 Deluxe and Splatoon 3. And I also edit for a variety of other creators, including Arlo and from time to time, Chica Conroy. Lovely, lovely. Um, and you're on Twitter. You're at Yo Schiller, right? I am at real Yo Schiller because Thank you. Yes. Yo Schiller was taken by some guy named George. Shout outs to George. Shout outs to George, I guess. Also, yes. I wish yeah. you would forfeit that title over to me, but that's okay. It's fine. Yeah, right. And uh, <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we, <laughs> that's really funny. Uh, Express is also on social media. We're on Twitter at Express Nintendo. Don't forget to download, rate, review, all that good stuff over on the podcast platform of your choice. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll catch you next time.